maybe people won't realize it, but I honestly think I make uh, as much sacrifice and as I put as much effort in my training in a year than an individual guy or girl. Like, she is maybe 25, I'm 43. I'm training two times a day. She's training maybe two times a day, but like, maybe she, I, I can do what she's doing, but I'm doing great things for my age. And it's, I, we put a lot of effort and we are not recognized. Like, like you are having me on your, um, your podcast this morning and I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. First, because there's not a lot of people who get interest in hearing a French Canadian master athletes. So, and I don't do. know why, and I don't know why, because I'm, uh, truly, I'm putting uh, enough effort to be recognized. Not only me, every girl, every boy, like. Hi, my name is Scott Switzer, and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Odi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. So we're coming off the excitement of last week giving away our first original RX Smart Gear jump rope as part of our hashtag road to a thousand. Um, so that is awesome. And we want to tell you that we are already 10 subscribers into the next hundred. And so we want to keep that momentum rolling. Let's go. And this is how you can become um able to win a brand new customized RX Smart Gear jump rope. And that is one, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Two, make sure that that account is public so that we can see your name. And three, share with everybody you know or tag your friends in a post that we may make about it so that we can get to that next level as quickly as possible. Yeah, easy enough, right? Easy. Yep. Free stuff. Free stuff. And our, one's already gone out the door. So we, uh, we're ready to give away a lot more because we want to get to that thousand so that by next CrossFit season, we can start uh, doing a little more fun and uh, remote location type stuff with the podcast. And we want to thank RX Mark here. They have been an awesome partner. Uh, we couldn't have asked for a better sponsor and partner to this podcast. They are awesome. And uh, it is the holiday season. If you want to buy one of your loved ones a jump rope, easy peasy, go on rxmarkhere.com. 
You can customize it, get the colors, the, the patterns that you like, and you can get 15% off by typing Clydesdale15, all caps, at checkout, uh, and that gets you 15% off everything in the store except for new releases and special editions. And now off to this week's episode. So there's Kat. Hi. How are you guys? Fine, thank you. So we've been, we've been talking about you a little bit, but we've actually been talking about Stephanie's dog. Oh, perfect. Let's see. Love dogs. So right, you missed it. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> are we started? Uh, we're just chatting about her dog. Uh, she has a, an English bulldog. Nice. Um, the best. And it was, it's beautiful. <laughs> he was so, on the camera. Yeah, she held it up for the camera. Awesome. Good. I'll get to see it later then. Okay. So, uh, Kat, this is Stephanie. Stephanie, this is Kat. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So glad you're joining us. Thank you for having me. So we're really laid back, Stephanie. Um, we're just going to go ahead and get into it. Um, we're just going to go through your career. We've, we've talked online a little bit, and I, I'm going to stay around that, that format a little bit. Um, maybe just a couple extra questions, but nothing big. And uh, we'll go ahead and jump into it. So, so for our audience, we are with Stephanie Waugh. Uh, she is a five-time CrossFit Games participant. Um, two on a team, three as a master's athlete. Um, but I want to know more about how you kind of grew up. And have you always lived in Montreal? No, I come from a little city in the east part of province of Quebec. Like it's seven hours from Montreal. It's a little city. So okay. I grew up there. I went to school near that place, but... Yes, that's that's far from Montreal. Okay. And did you were you active as a as a kid? Yeah, always. I have a big brother, so I was always following him everywhere. The at that time there were not a lot of, uh, and especially in my little town, there was not a lot of uh, girls team in sport. So I used to play soccer, but. A lot with guys, with boys, little boys. I started like at five years old and I never stopped until maybe a few years ago. And oh, wow. I, I also play uh, ice hockey. So I don't have any uh, background in gymnastic or ollie lifting or anything like this. Just alpine skiing, soccer, ice hockey and being in team with boys so that was good that, that's really cool and did you always want to be a police officer when you grew up uh i don't have any police officer in my family but i have a neighbor who is a police officer so i think like in high school i i started to think about being a police officer like it, i didn't want a job with a routine so and yes, uh, I never thought about, thought about any other job instead of police officer or lawyer. Oh, wow. Cool. And so you finished high school and did you go to college or university? 
yeah, here we have the college. So I have to be three years in college. And after we have the police academy, we're three months. Okay. And how intense was what the police academy? Oh, sorry, Kat. That's good. How intense? Yeah. Um, like, it's pretty cool. I really enjoy this part of my training. It's, it's, it's like a community, like in CrossFit, like we are there for three months, uh, learning all the tricks for being a good police officer. We, we stay there, eat always together. And we have like kind of simulation and everything. Like it's, it's, it's a bit like army thing. Like they, they tell you how to uh, fold your t-shirt, how, how to place your socks and like for three months i didn't sleep under my sheet i always sleep on my sheet in the morning i, uh, I had to i don't know how to uh, iron my sheets so kind of this thing but i really enjoy it how did your uh, stephanie how did your parents feel about you wanting to become a police officer i i assume that it's i mean it probably still is now a male dominated sort of occupation um and i know i have a daughter and she wanted to go to like a military prep school and i wasn't a big fan of sending her there and doing that so did you get support from your parents or was there some pushback from them no absolutely uh, they were supportive 100 uh, percent like yes it's still a male uh dominant but there's a lot of women more and more women but i don't think they were Maybe my dad was a little bit uh, worried about security, but no, they never owed me back from being, doing this job. So you, you started being a police officer and I'm assuming you were still playing soccer at this time, but in 2011, you had a traumatic event. But still that I've been shot and the guy killed himself in front of me. And that's why I'm doing CrossFit today. So there was a lot of rehab with that. It, it broke your femur. Yeah. Uh, the bullet broke your femur. And then you had to rehab that. You were in the hospital for a month. Yeah, for a month. So I had, like I, uh, when I went, uh, when I arrived at the uh, hospital, in my head, I was to go outside like one week later in crutches. But I didn't know what was going on ahead of me. And so you had to you had to come back physically and mentally from that, and we're really searching for the next. Um, I think you told me it was six months before your friend um, took you to a CrossFit gym. Yeah, I I've been uh, the doctor said I could not walk on my leg before three months, and three months after the accident I was in a gym, so I everything get, went faster. And because I have a hard head, hard head. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so maybe six months after I was doing rehab, my friends uh, took me to a CrossFit gym here in Montreal. And I don't remember what was the Metcon, but I remember, I remember we were doing a one rep max split jerk from the rack and I just fall in love <laughs> right there. So b before that day you went to CrossFit, you were doing like the, the traditional Globo gym with... No, I, have, I have a really good friend who took me under his arms to help me to really do a really good rehab. 
I was not by myself. He really okay. helped me. And it, it's, it was kind of boot camp. So a little bit like, like CrossFit, but not exactly the same, but he really helped me with my rehab. And did it have Olympic lifting, the boot camp, or was that the new thing that, that caught your eye? Uh, I think you're right. It's, it's the new thing that made me fell in love with the, the gym, the CrossFit gym. So you start CrossFit six months after you, you're shot, and then you, you take to it so fast uh, that you made regionals shortly thereafter. Yeah, I started CrossFit in 2000. My, my first Open were in 2012, and I qualified as an individual for the, my first regional in 2013. Everything started to be better for me in my legs when the doctor agreed to took off all the metal I had in my leg. Right. It's everything started to be better. So you had, you had plates and screws in your leg that had to be removed. Yeah. Because it was hurting me. So I just, I asked the doctor to take it off. So when it took that off, like it, it took like, maybe three months before my legs grow and start to be strong again. And so no pain anymore. So that, that helps to be good in a sport. Stephanie, what do you think it was about um, the CrossFit experience that made you want to compete? I always want to compete in every part of my life. I'm so competitive. So it's, I don't know. I can't. My mother always told me to, can you just play for fun or can you? I said, no, I can't. Every time I am on a floor in or a soccer game, like there's, I have fun, but I want to win every time. So even my first uh, Open in 2012, like I was competitive. Like I want to win and I have goal and Maybe at this time, I was the only one who believed in me in 2012, but I, I was believing in me already. So, in 2013, when I, I, I'm a good athlete, but I need like, I need a goal. I need to um, chase something. And so it was like kind of natural. Yeah, I think good athlete is underselling it a bit, but we'll get into that in a minute. So um, you you had suffered PTSD from the incident, and you told me that CrossFit really helped you with that. So not only was it helping you physically, but it helped you mentally kind of get past that. Absolutely. Uh, because uh, for, um, when the accident arrived, like for a long time, I was thinking about it 24 hours, seven days a week, always. The only time I, I was not thinking about it was my one hour in the gym. And this hour became a one hour and 30 minutes and two hour. And like that really helped me to not think about it. And the first time I really realized that was helping me mentally is my first regional weekend. Uh, at the end of the weekend, I was having dinner with my boyfriend at this time, and I just, I told him like that I just realized I didn't 
talk uh, think about it for the last four days not at all so i think it's it it's why i'm being uh it's kind of a drug like for me it allows you to focus on something good in your life um which is awesome and so you went as an individual in 2012 i'm just trying to catch my notes here um and then 13 you qualify so 13 you qualified for regionals and 2014 you you joined uh your team yeah uh montreal pro one yeah and in 2015 you guys won the regional yeah uh we we qualify i think we qualify in 2014 and 2000 yeah 2014 yeah. and 2015 we qualified 2014 the original was still in in east canada so we won the the regional at the this time but but 2015 was a special year because it was the first year of uh, super regional so we went there and like we we stand on the first uh, stair of the podium as a Canadian team with all USA USA team. So we I, were, I was there. I was at that regional. I saw you guys win that. Yeah, that That's was really, really cool. exciting. It's this regional is one of my best uh, souvenir about competing. Like it, really like it. Yeah. So so both of those years you went to Carson, California. Uh, yeah. Got to compete at the games. And what was that experience like? Uh, amazing. Like it, I remember my coach at this time, uh, every time we were about to go to, on the floor, he told, he told us that to remember that every CrossFit athlete in our province wants to be at our place. So we, we did enjoy every moment of being there and like, especially in being in California was fun also. But yeah. we were impressed the first year, like we walked by Rich Froning and like all these big girls. And, but the second year we were not that impressed, but we, we did re- relative, we, we did good. Like, but it was much fun and I really like it. And so in 15, you, you competed against Rich Froning at the games because that was his first year on team. Yeah. And the NorCal team with uh, Jason Kalipa and, and those guys. So it was a pretty star studded uh, year and you guys were right there with them. Yeah. But we were used to look at them on the picture or so we were a bit impressed, but it, it didn't affect our performance. We did our best and, but it was a crazy experience to see all these people and all, how much big are the games. So. So in 16, you went team again, and the team didn't qualify. No, we didn't. So then in the following year, you, you focused on individual. They added, that's the year they added the 35 to 39-year age group to the Masters? In 2016, I already took my decision before the regional that I was going to compete as an individual, no matter what, if there were 35, 39 age group or not. because like 2017, uh, 16, I went on the, on the team because if I didn't, they would have not have a team. We would, mm-hmm. but I, I was qualified pretty high to go 
re uh, individual regional at the regional. So 2017, I just, when they announced the age group in November, like I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. So it's that the age group comes out, you finish second in the age group online qualifier behind, I don't know if people have heard of her, Sam Briggs. Yeah. Never heard of her. <laughs> I know her. <laughs> and so you finished right behind her. And I believe that's your Sam got hurt and couldn't, couldn't compete as an, uh, an individual in the regular open division. Yeah, she, she did not compete. No, she didn't. She, she competed as a master this year. Yeah. Uh, no. No, because I, I didn't want again uh, against Sam Briggs. <laughs> no. Nobody wants to go against Sam. <laughs> I think she was hurt. I, I, I can't remember, but like she is Sam Briggs. I remember she did all, all the Age Online Quiver awards like in one or two days. So it's mm -hmm. still Sam Briggs. So. Yeah. But I can't remember. But yes, I finished second in the Age Online Quiver. So, so that year we, we moved to Wisconsin, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And that's the first year I went to the games and I actually was a volunteer. I worked the outdoor park. Um, and so I remember all these big names being in that division, like Becca Voigt, uh, Kristen Clever, um, all these people. And there was this woman named Stephanie Waugh who was beating them all. And I was like, who is she? You know, and I'm right. I had an up close and personal view of everything because our our uh, our station to like hang out was right beside the in the barn where the master's piece went on and then the outdoor park stuff. And you just you it to, to me, you came out of nowhere, uh, but not really. And you blew everybody away. Yeah, I was coming from nowhere. Nobody knew who I, who I was, but I had this confident in me so like I had no expectation going there but I knew that I could do great things and my coach really believed in me so I went there and do my best but it appears to be good <laughs> and and you you talked to me about your coach a little bit that in 16 he saw something in you that you could be a champion if they added that 35 to 39 year old and we, and we have to say, in this year, you're 39. So yeah. you are, you're on the very top end of that division. And so that formed a relationship with your coach because he believed in you so much. And you're with him today, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I had really good coach before, but the difference between my other coach and this coach is, like, he is not my friend. He is my coach. We are kind of friends, but is not always there to give me a tap behind my my back so he made me stronger mentally and he knows he knows me so well now that i could not change coach i think and like you said the day i made him it was not it was a training camp on a weekend and at the end of the weekend after multiples uh, tests and what he told me that if the age group 35 39 were, were, were was about to be had to the game i could win the game so i said okay i need to to work with with you 
that's pretty that's pretty awesome to have someone believe in you that much yeah and and michael is always is also a really good coach because i'm 43 now but i'm working with him since i'm 39 and i always want more in my training like i train with the uh, a guy who has the same coach and I was always asking my, my coach uh, why I don't do this workout I want to do this workout I want to do this 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 and once he sent me that I was okay he told me like Steph every time I do your weekly program I ask myself how I can do uh, can you I can make you better but also how I can you I can uh, keep you in the sport as long as you want to be competitive in the sport. So basically, he told me that he trains me like I'm a, I am 60 years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what he said. So and, and you're still with him, so you must not have taken too much offense. No, no, because uh, every time is we are we have a goal of a uh, compete at one point. It, like I know I know how he does it. But every time it works, like I'm always in, in my in good shape when it's time to compete, and we're trying to keep me away from injuries. And I never do max lift in my training, but I still get good number in open. Like so, I just I really trust in him. And with I had my uh, one years ago, I had a shoulder surgery, surgery, and I'm so happy I had this guy in my corner. Because like my my shoulder is one hundred percent and more back because I just trust his knowledge. Yeah. So any favorite events from two thousand seventeen? Maybe the final of them, the Diane and the, the couplet thrusters rope climb. I really enjoy. It. Also, the muscle up with the sandbag and the fight, fight, bar fight, like chest to bar, toes to bar, and clean and jerk, 145 clean and jerk. I like, I like even with the gymnastics. So even, even though you didn't have a gymnastics background growing up, you gravitated to gymnastics? I had to learn everything uh, on, in gymnastics. Like, I could not walk on my hand. I could not do a kipping, kipping instant push-up. I could not do, I start with band doing pull-ups and like, I have no idea where is my, my body in the, in my environment. So walking on my head, I never, not walking on my head, walking on my hands, I never did anything of those things. So I had to learn, learn. <laughs> and now it's my, it's my favorite things. I think my <laughs> upper body is my strength. So it, it helps, but I really enjoy gymnastics. So. That's really cool. So then you, you finished the 17th season as the champion um, of the 35 to 39. Uh, first place, gold medal, top piece on the podium. Um, how, how did you feel after that moment? Did you, did you relish in it or did you just want more? First I cried, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I want more. I like, I took uh, a month off maybe, maybe not a month, but like 
I always want more. Like, if I can do this one time, can I do it two times, three times? And so, yeah, I wanted more. And, and we kind of missed, I think, was it 2016 you were named fittest police officer, female police officer in the world? Yeah, I think it's two years in a row. In a row. Okay. Yeah, the, when they start to put this, this, uh, these categories in the open, okay, I, I did want it. So two-time fittest policewoman yeah. in the world. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. I think, I think that I'm glad they added those for, for first responders. Because that means a lot. Yeah. But I think it means, it means a lot for everybody who's working, like uh, nurses, teachers. It's, I don't see it like a special thing for for uh, first responder. I think it's good for everybody who's working. Okay. Well, cool. And what do you get for being the fittest policewoman? Do you get a certificate or a I kind of trophy? I have one here. Okay. I can show you. Kind of five on one trophy. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And a lot of love from a five on one company. They provide me everything I want, but not everything, but if I want the something special, they will send me this and they are really, really nice with us. That's very cool. So you move into 2018, you're moving up into the next level of master's age group, the 40 to 44 year old. And now you're the youngest in that group. And, yeah. and you, it's a big year for you uh, because you finished, is that when you finished third in Canada? I think it's third, yes. Yeah, third place in Canada in the Open. Yeah. You get to compete as an, in the Open division at regionals with Katrin David's daughter, Carrie Pierce, uh, Caroline Reason Tebow, and you're and you're actually in the first heat or the last heat, I guess, with all of the big names. Yeah, I start I started the first day in this heat. That was like it was amazing. I was like 15 years old older than them and that was fun like i already knew i was qualified to go to the games and i knew i was not there to qualify as an individual individual for the regional but having the chance to to be beside those girls was pretty special and again you said you were 15 years older than they were and yeah, you're right in that insane. that heat with them yeah, yeah and that was the last year for regionals, right? So you got to do it all. Yeah, I remember uh, the, I think it was muscle up even, the, the girl beside me was 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Yeah, but at the same time, like it, it takes pressure out of you. I was there to have fun, to compete, but to have fun because I knew I was not chasing the same goal as Catherine, Caroline, and Carrie. I just want to be the best version of myself to, to show people that uh, even you're older, you can, you can still compete. Yeah. You, you are amazing. And so you finish that weekend and you, then you do the age group online qualifier and you finish first uh, in your age group tied uh, going into the games. 
Yeah, actually, you do the age online qualifier before the the regional. So I was at the regional already. I already know that I was going at was going to the game to the games as a master. But yes, I finished uh, tie. I think uh, it was tie big for me another girl, Erin Tall. Yeah. And so then. You and then you get you get to defend not really defend your title because you're in a new division, but you get to go compete again and try to win a second uh, Masters championship. Yeah, and, I had. Oh, sorry. Go. Oh, go no, you go ahead first. I I I just I was about to say that I just put a little more pressure on me this year because I was going to the game and like I was the girl to to watch if we can say that this like that. And that was uh, like a tough uh, games this time. I had to, to, uh, had to be uh, good until the, uh, the last day. I was going into the final, I think I had eight points uh, advance or I can't remember. Wow. So it was tight the whole way from the beginning of the week to the end of the week uh, for you to, to win, but you did win your second master's championship, um, 40 to 44 gold medal podium. Cry again. Cry again. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good year. I was like confident about what I was doing and, so when I went to the final event, it was like, I don't know how they call it, but kind of friend, but with all the gymnastic mover, movement and light thruster. So I knew I was, I was about to do good. So. Is that where that was the, the bar muscle up and the chest bar and the pull up all kind of in the same rep scheme? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. What? What? Yeah, that that was a, that was a fun workout, fun to watch. Um, and so, so you win, and you cry. Does did, did it feel different than the year before? No, I was as much proud. It was uh, a lot of effort, a lot of work in the year, and like I was, it was the same feeling, really proud, accomplishment. Okay, so then. So then you move into a little bit of a tougher year in 2019. Yeah. And you are, you are fighting, um, you're fighting injury that year. Your shoulder is starting to give you fits. And uh, at the age group online qualifier, you come in, I think it's eighth. Yeah, I was like, it was now I can, I can realize that this 2018 year was, I had no fun at all. I did the open and the age online qualifier basically with one arm. Like I was, I had to change every game plan to be sure to go through the world. Like I did like 33 chest to bar instead of three. So I, it's, it's not really that me. And so I, I still qualify for the game, but honestly, I, I had to say that I was um, a bit worried what I was when I was watching the little board because we had five words 
I did really good on three words. Once I finished first worldwide, 15, and I think I can't remember the other one, but the two other one was the gymnastic part, the one with the bar muscle up and the one with the ring muscle up. That usually, I'm, I'm good at it usually. And I did like my worst, my worst performance ever in a qualifier in these two words. So it cost me a lot of points and I finished eighth. But like I have, I had always pain and I was like performing maybe at 80% of my capacities and it, it was not fun. Like I remember being at Madison uh, training before the games, doing ring muscle up and feeling pain in my shoulder. So that's, it's, it's staying in your hand, head and it's kind of take your energy and your confidence and, but I was still there. I did qualify, so I went to, to compete. And unfortunately I injured myself again, <laughs> but not on my shoulder, on the go rock even, uh, the run with a backpack. So I had a really bad sprained ankle. I could not continue and it was, everything was going well. Like I did second place in the first world and I was in first place uh, going to going the rock event and then I sprained my ankle. So this time when I sprained my ankle, I tell to myself, maybe now it's time to listen to your body. You don't have choice now. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny because, you know, we talked about Sam Briggs and, and how she's fought through that kind of stuff uh, to keep going and, and for you to be at 80% capacity and to still finish eighth in the world in your age group, that's pretty amazing. I know it was a tough year for you because you weren't at full capacity, but to still be able to do all that and still make the games, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, but it was not like, <laughs> I'm supposed to have fun while training and while competing. So that was not the, the same feeling going to medicine this year. So like I was basically shy of performing uh, my words and age online career in front of people of my gym because like I knew they were like empathic. I don't know, but it was not me at all. So. So you, en you ended up having the shoulder surgery right after that season, like in November? Yeah, I, when I came back from the, the, the games, when I went back to training, I was doing a word uh, with ring muscle up, I think, and I, I started to uh, feel the pain again. I just stopped middle of the word and sent a message to my coach. I'm tired. I'm just having this surgery. And my coach asked me, do you want to wait after the Open? Because the Open was at the door in October. So okay. I said, no, I just want to do it right now and do it the right way. So it was maybe in September and I had my surgery in November. And so you, you basically gave up that next season because without being in the open, you couldn't make the online qualifier or okay. anything like that. So you got to, you actually got to spend a year just rehabbing again. Yeah. But you know what? I was, the, I think maybe two days after I took the decision to have the surgery and non, non, not compete and I was feeling really good. Like all the pressure was gone and I just like, I'm doing this since 2012. 
eating, sleeping, not drinking, and etc. And like this was like a kind of relief. And I had a really good surgeon who put me in confidence that I would be back 100% and maybe more than 100%. So like I, I went to the surgery not sad at all just i knew it was a good thing to 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 do to stay in the sport and so now you go into 2020 are you are you ready and and fired up and your shoulders all ready and and you you do you did the open for 2020 right uh no i did not uh, that was last october right so we haven't oh. had an open in over a year oh yeah, yeah. i'm sorry yeah. Welcome to CrossFit, Scott. Yeah, this, the season's been yeah. way too long this year. It's been eight years since we had an open. <laughs> COVID season. So, yes. So, you get even more time to train and, and be ready, which is even uh, like the fact that you decided to do it last year is probably the best time to do it because now you have what you thought was maybe less than a year to recover mm-hmm. for the next open. Now you've got, you know, a year and a half to, to go, which is yeah, optimal. But- yeah, it's like my shoulder, I think, took me like 10, 10 months to be 100%, like no pain at all in any movement. So it's good. It's feeling so good. <laughs> like I, I can't remember feeling this, this good. And, but honestly, like I have to say that um, I know everybody has hard time and face challenge now in COVID thing. But it's, it's really hard now. Like, I'm usually super motiv- motivated. So, like, being in, in my garage doing training without gymnastics, like, it's, it's basically winter here, so you can't train outside. And so I was registered to do a competition in December, the Legend Championship in Phoenix. Yep. And I was... I was ready if the the competition was last week last week i was 100% ready to compete but now i'm back in my garage and we don't know when they're gonna open the gym again so it's hard because december would have been like 18 months without any competition so it's i wish we can have like some competition something and it's I know everybody has their challenge, like people losing their job and like there's everything. But for me, like CrossFit is my life and now I can do what I love the most, compete. So. Well, you mentioned that you um, traveled down to Miami to sort of get a break and train outside and have dinner with friends and things like that. How, how did that, did that help or make it sort of even worse when you got back? <laughs> I think I'm sure it was nice at the time, right? Yeah, I think it made things worse now. Like, <laughs> you came back in Canada, it's cold, you're in, gar- in your garage doing some things, like, and you're in quarantine in your home for 14 days. But like I said at the beginning, yeah. like I said to Scott in the beginning, like, it's not like really different being in quarantine here than being in our lockdown we we don't we we have any place we don't have any place to go like, Can't go anywhere, anywhere. everything is yeah. closed and so i'm here just doing my thing and but 
yes, that, that was really fun. But it, when you come back here, the dongs are dongs. <laughs> um, so just to go back a little bit, when you were, when you were injured, you did some judging uh, when, you, when you couldn't compete. And so you've judged at Wadapalooza. I know you've judged at Atlas Games. What was that experience like in comparison to being an athlete? I'm going to talk about uh, what I thought was because last year I did like one day of judging just to help because they're, they're Mrs. The judge. And this year I really volunteered for all the weekend. And what I realized is physically it's harder to be a judge than compete. Like my, I was exhausted at the end of the day. Like my head, my eyes, my ears, my whole body, my feet. <laughs> like you are on this, the, the stage and you are judging the same event all day long, like counting double unders or watching people roaring. So <laughs> all I want. Yeah, I would say too, out of all the, the festival competitions that are out there, I would imagine, and I've never judged Wadapalooza part of, Part of the reason is because I'm kind of afraid to judge Wadapalooza because I know how demanding it is. And I just, I don't think I would have fun, but you picked a doozy because that one, I know those judges work their tails off. Yeah, but it's, it's hard because I was not used to, but the, the organization take well care of their, their ju judge, I think. Mm -hmm. We were like splitting in group and having like, every little break but you're still in the sun or in the rain and people yelling at you and <laughs> yeah. what people don't realize is how hard it is to stand in place you know when you're an yeah. athlete you get to move around yeah you're on your feet but you get different pressure points and when you're standing in one spot just counting or observing a row or yeah. something like that it's a lot harder on the feet yeah, I remember the first, uh, the first competition I judged where you have to stand, I forget what they call it, but with your hands behind your back, you know, in, in that uh, parade stance or something like that. My shoulders, the fronts of my shoulders were so sore from pulling them back the whole time. And I'm thinking, I've been doing CrossFit for seven years yeah. and I can do pull-ups and everything else, but my damn shoulders hurt from holding my hands behind my, my back. Because yeah, you're, you're not used to it. Not used to that. <laughs> And it's not all only about standing. It's, it made me realize that it was a really good experience for me to see the other side. Like I'm an athlete and I will be an athlete, but I really enjoyed judging, judging, but it made me realize that how much you have to be concentrated. Like you have to take decisions like this and your decision could cost a, a medal or a winning event or like you you yeah. can mess but you can but you don't want to mess you don't want to be the judge who give uh, the the sheet and that something is missing on the sheet or like right or the no rep that keeps somebody from going to the crossfit games yeah but it's a lot of I, pressure i had question about no repping people and now i'm really like when people, uh, sometimes people reach me and what do you think about this? Uh, this girl is no rep on a video. Like I just said to people, you can't judge if you're not there. <laughs> it's it, true. If, if it's, it's so true. If it's obvious, okay. But yeah, there's thing like 
you, if you're there, you it's my decision. Like, so it's it's a good thing that I realized this thing. But I was not in a, uh, someone who was yelling at my judge or contesting decision. But I really like it, and I think the opposite is good also. As a judge, if you have been an athlete, like. I know what an athlete wants from a judge. I know the judge is not supposed to count your reps and told you where to go and everything, but like without helping the athlete, like there's things you know they want. Like people want to hear the 10 last rep of double under. Like they don't want, they want it. And not every judge is doing that. I always ask mine and even I ask, they don't always do it, so. But I did it. I did judge the way I want to be judged. And I have a lot of athletes who came to me to tell me that, thank you, you did a good, good job. The one thing yeah, that I, I, think, I, oh, go ahead, Kat. No, I was just going to say, I think for the most part, too, you, you're able to accommodate most of the requests that your athletes request. I remember one time, I think it was at Granite Games, someone asked me, we were doing like 50 of something, and he wanted me to count forwards for the first 25 and then backwards for the last 25. And I just said, I'm, I will mess that up. <laughs> it's not happening. It yeah. was like my oddest request from an athlete. And I wrote that before. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing when I'm judging is giving a visual cue in, in, especially on like double unders. Like for the last five, I kind of put my hand up and then drop it when they're done. Cause they can't always hear when the music's blaring and you know, just so they can kind of see, okay, done. And then they know to stop, but um, I kind of want to move to a little bit different subject is Kat and I, we actually judged the Masters Fitness Collective this year in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And there are rumors out there that that could become the Masters Games now. It's like own event to crown the Masters champion. And I wanted to get from you, do you think that that is enough for a master's athlete to feel like they're included, to have their own event uh, crowning them champion? Or do you think it's better to be at the games? Uh, I was not at Fitness Collective. I saw some videos, but really my, in my opinion, and I hope like uh, the new CEO of CrossFit has the same, and I think he has, but I think masters athlete wants to be at the games we want to leave the same experience as individual with the same environment the same clothes and the check-in and everything like makes that year of training really worth it so i don't think in my opinion i don't think any competition can beat the games now as a master yeah. I, I know in prior years, the, at, at Carson and, and for some in Madison, the age groups would go the first three days and sort of be finished before the end of the individuals. And I know that last time we were in Madison in 19, they were held concurrently. So they were at the same time as the individuals. And I've heard other athletes say that they prefer to go first so that they can actually experience as a fan of the sport, you know, their individual athletes and can see some of those events as opposed to it happening at the same time. 
do you have an opinion one way or the other on, on that setup? If it yeah. were to be at the same place. I agree with the, those athletes. I think like we are in the games and we can't see anything and nobody comes see us. I don't, I'm not saying that if we're going first, people will come see us, but I, but I they could, if they wanted to, they wouldn't have to make a choice. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it would be a good thing to go back to the format when we, we do it before and we can enjoy the games as we are already there. Mm -hmm. So, but I wish like it's gonna go back to 20 athletes instead of 10 and uh, the media coverage will come back. Like nobody is, can see our, like my parents and my friends could not see anything this year. And I think, I think really, I think we need a better treatment because like maybe people won't realize it, but I honestly think I make uh, as much sacrifice and as I put as much effort in my training in a year than an individual guy or girl. Like she is maybe 25, I'm 43. I'm training two times a day. She's training maybe two times a day, but like maybe she, I, I can do what she's doing, but I'm doing great things for my age and it's a, I, we put a lot of effort and we are not recognized like like you are having me on your um, your podcast this morning and I really appreciate it, appreciate it. first because there's not a lot of people who get interest in hearing a French Canadian master athletes so and I don't do. know why and I don't know why because I'm uh Truly, I'm putting uh, enough effort to be recognized. Not only me, every girl, every boy. Yeah. Like, I, I think too, um, Eric Rosa had a town hall that, he, that started at um, just right before we started this podcast and I was listening to a little bit of it. And he was mentioning that um, affiliate first is sort of his mantra as he develops a game plan for the company in the future. And that even the games, are going to be focused on the affiliate and getting more people into local boxes. And I think from a relatability perspective, and when you think about a lot of people that are joining affiliates, I think the teens and the masters can have a tremendous influence on the public and be relatable to a lot of people that are watching and bring people into the box, arguably more so than these freaks of nature individuals, you know, who are just not necessarily so relatable um, because they're doing things that just seem way over the top. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out with Eric at the helm. And I do think that with that in mind, there might be some new and interesting opportunities for age groups in the future. At least that's my hope. I wish because it's not the thing about being having sponsorship or having it's just like being treated as people who do the same as you like i don't have any yeah, I, I, think, I have 21,000 followers but and i don't care i won't go in this subject but it's not about money or it's 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 just like we did the job 
and we need to be recognized for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're in your corner because Kat and I are master's athletes ourselves. You know, we're older yes. than you. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you're five years older than me. So you and I will never be in the same age group. That's, <laughs> that's my goal for no competition. You meant five years younger. Uh, I'm five years older. Yes, you're oh, five yeah, years. Yeah. We, are, we are in two different age groups and we always will be. <laughs> well, Stephanie, I, I, I got to tell you, I had a blast this hour. Um, you are a lot of fun. You are a total badass when it comes to CrossFit and life. And you set a great example for so many people. And I hope that you do get your due on a stage with CrossFit. Uh, because I think all master's athletes deserve that. Um, and so thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun too. And your English is excellent. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so good. <laughs> thank you. And just, just so our listeners know, um, Stephanie is friends with a guest we had on a few weeks ago, and that is uh, Sam Cornier. Uh, and they actually worked out at the same gym for a while. So that's... That's kind of how Stephanie and I got reconnected uh, to do this podcast, which is awesome. I did a few open workouts with, uh, with Sam. I did judge him. He's a really good guy, and I think he's going to make his, his journey in CrossFit. Yeah. Well, we wish you good luck. Um, we know you're ready for the next season, whatever it may be. <laughs> We're yeah. all waiting with bated breath to find out what that structure is going to look like. Uh, but it sounds like you're ready to get back on the competition floor and, and hopefully we'll see you around at a sanctional or something like that. And good luck. Thank you. I wish sanctional would come back. I wish I can do one or two. I can't wait to compete. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Thank you for having me. Yep. Stay well. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale fitness and friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube, as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use, and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.